turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, December the 12th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. Man, there's 19 days left in 2019. I don't want to scare you if you've got things to do before the end of the year, but it's almost here. 19 days left. Today, on December 12, 2000, George W. Bush became president-elect as a divided U.S. Supreme Court reversed a state court decision for recounts in Florida's contested election. Today, in 1787, Pennsylvania became the second state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. Today, in 1870, Joseph Rainey from South Carolina, he became the first black lawmaker sworn in to the U.S. House of Representatives. That wasn't long after the Civil War. Today, in 1913, authorities in Florence, Italy, announced that the Mona Lisa that had been stolen from the Louvre Museum in Paris, 1911. Today, in 1913, they announced they had found it. They got it back. It's there. I've actually been in there and saw that, I think. I think I saw it. Been in the Louvre, I know. Today, in 1915, singer-actor Frank Sinatra... He was born Francis Albert Sinatra in Hoboken, New Jersey. Today, in 1917, Father Edward Flanagan founded Boys Town outside Omaha, Nebraska. Today, in 1946, the United Nations Committee voted to accept a six-block tract, six blocks of real estate in downtown Manhattan. It was offered as a gift by John D. Rockefeller, Jr., it was to become what, I'm sure you know, the future site of the UN's world headquarters. I've walked past that building more than once when I've been in that part of New York City. I cannot, for the life of me, and I'm sure it's just me, but I cannot find value in that nonsense that goes on there, spending billions of dollars on nonsensical things. I'm sure that there's some something about the importance of it that I don't know, but I've studied it. I've studied it over the years. I understand it's important that nations come together and talk, and that precludes war often and hostilities and one thing or another. I, I get all that. But man, what a disaster in my mind. Today, in 1963, Kenya became independent of Britain. I've spent a lot of time in Kenya. Not long, maybe a decade after this um, independence in 1963, Kenya has been thriving over the years. I haven't been there recently, but I was there a lot uh, at one time in my life, building churches. We built a school out in uh, Kusumu, a Christian school, church, Bible school. I came to love Kenya, love the people there. I would later learn, in later years, I didn't know about Barack Obama at the time, but I 
we didn't build a church in his family's community out there, but he's got a bunch of relatives that live out there in, the, in several of those villages. And um, I was very interested when he first became president. They were talking about those villages. I've been there. I've spent time there. Very, very interesting. But that's for another time. Today, 1995, by three votes, the Senate killed a constitutional amendment giving Congress authority to outlaw flag burning and other forms of desecration against old glory. I didn't have time to look up who the three votes were or could have been. But anyway, that happened today in 1995. And 10 years ago, today, Houston, Houston, Texas, it elected its first openly gay mayor with voters handing a fairly solid, I mean, it wasn't like a few votes, it was pretty good win to the city controller, Anise Parker. It had been hotly contested. This guy named Gene Locke was running against her. I think he was a Christian. I mean, he spoke in Christian terms, at least. I remember this well, and I'll tell you why I remember it. Parker was a lesbian activist, and she had been, as I said, the, the city controller before, so she was in city government. She was known. But once she became mayor of Houston, she started this march against church, and it was done, the churches in Houston, and it was done in the name of tolerance and equity, which they used to call equality and all that kind of stuff. She got to the point as mayor that she was beginning to take action against churches that she believed the pastor was preaching, like from Romans chapter 1, for example. I'm not overstating and she tried to confiscate pastor's sermon notes to see if they were expressing bigotry, intolerance, and if they were breaking the law in their sermons, particularly she focused on Romans chapter 1. Boy, I'll tell you, that was an interesting time, and pastors across this nation all of a sudden woke up and said, what, 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 what's going on here? Now, you know, that's why pastors have got to be tuned in and all of us in the Christian community have got to be informed. We've got to know what's going on because there is this massive uh, group of people out there that really do want to silence the church and the pastors and anybody that speaks on behalf of the truth, God's truth. They really do. I don't know what their thoughts are. I don't know if they just are rebellious or if they actually have come to believe their own lies. I don't know. God knows their heart, but I know their actions. And every time, not every time, but almost every time, somebody like that gets in power. Remember Ed Murray, the, the, the former, now disgraced Ed Murray? He was, he was a, re, a state representative of Washington State. He was a state senator and then became mayor of Seattle, then was had to drop out because he had been abusing little boys all through his lifetime. He when he had power, he used it. He, he he was more incremental than some, step by step, inch by inch, anything's a cinch kind of a guy. But he was very open with the Seattle Times about it. I mean, they wrote about it. In fact, they applauded him after he got marriage redefined. He led that effort against all of us who were working to protect marriage. But afterwards, the Seattle Times wrote a story about him. And he said, well, the way that I succeed is through incrementalism. He said, it's just one step at a time. You build and build and build. And that's what he did. But all of them have their ways of doing this. But 
most gay activists are always working to advance their cause, and they'll do whatever it takes for as long as it takes. And i got to be honest with you, sometimes I, I look at the church and I think, man, when Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, it isn't as though we haven't done that. We have, but sometimes I wish we had a little more longevity and a little more tenacity and a little more longer-term commitment. We tend to run behind what's happening in the culture, and once things blow up, and Anise Parker is elected to our town, Houston, or wherever wherever we live, and all of a sudden she's trying to confiscate pastor sermons. We go, hey, wait a while, we got to take what? What's this about now? They're doing what? When? Well, how she can't do that, you know? So we're always kind of running behind these issues, and I. I would love to see us get a little more out front. I'm not pastoring a church anymore, but I've been a pastor my entire life. I'm an ordained minister, as many of you know. So I'm speaking not to others, but to myself. But I wish we could get a little ahead of it so that we could begin to influence the culture rather than trying to fix things after they've been broken or smashed by those who oppose the Christian message, the full Christian message. There are some. Pete Buttigieg is becoming a star. He's now he's now leading in New Hampshire as well as Iowa. And um, openly gay, married to his husband, and so on, quote-unquote married. But he often quotes scripture, but he always does so to advance his cause. And his cause is the LGBTQ agenda and to get elected as President of the United States, of course. So we deal with this all the time in our culture. That's why this program is committed to having this a conversation, having this time live every day to help inform people who are listening. And that's what we try to do. And all of you who support this ministry, and that is our whole budget comes from you. (laughs) If, If you don't support us, we go away. That's why those of you who support us understand that. And I hear from you in so many different ways, just in a word or two, and sometimes a whole long typed paper, a sheet of of, of full-size paper, a letter. Sometimes it's just a little handwritten, a couple of notes. I write a lot of handwritten notes myself. I I type some of them, but I I write a lot of handwritten notes myself. But I got this one. This is typical. It was handed to me this week from our office. Merry Christmas. God's blessing on you, Gary. Thank you for your faithfulness to bring us the truth. May the Lord be with you. Good health, protection from the enemy, and wisdom to continue telling God's word in today's world. We hear this all the time because those of you who listen understand what our motive is. We have a motive as well. And that's what we're trying to do is simply speak the truth as best we can with God's help and a lot of work to be sure what we're saying is accurate, factually, all from the perspective of God's Word. I never planned to do this. I've had a full life of ministry, a youth pastor and music pastor and senior pastor and all of that. I never planned to do this, but through just a series of events, I felt really led by God and by the opportunity to do so, to do it. And so we did. 
and here we are. And I want to thank all of you who support us. If you're a new listener, I want to encourage you to consider being a part of it. It's tax deductible, your contribution. I would ask you to just consider it. If God doesn't speak to your heart, then don't do it. But if you feel that the Lord would have you to join us and help us with this effort, thank you in advance. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Well, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell made a lot of people mad yesterday. He doesn't make people mad a lot, but sometimes he does. He's usually, sometimes I think he's a little too easygoing, but he stands up when he needs to. He blasted the Democrats in the House for rushing ahead on impeachment. He said it's based on the least thorough and most unfair impeachment inquiry in modern history. And he promised that the Senate will proceed with a, quote, fair trial should the House opt to vote in favor of impeaching President Trump. Well, that's probably what the leader, the the Republican leader of the Senate should have said, but he did. And he said it very forcefully. He spoke on the floor. He said, this is these articles of, of impeachment, uh, impeachment, abuse of power, and obstruction of Congress, he said against the president, are, are the most unfair impeachment inquiry in, in, in modern history. He added, and this is what blew their minds, McConnell said, and by the way, he said, we are prepared, should the House vote to impeach the president, we are prepared to proceed with a, quote, fair trial in the new year. If it reaches that point, he said, if the House continues this destructive road and sends us articles of impeachment, the Senate will take them up in the new year and proceed to a fair trial. Well, the new year part of that is what kind of blew up the Democrat. They got all, especially those running for, excuse me, for president. So, so what's happening here is... um, they wanted to kind of get this over quickly so they could put it behind them and, and just refer to it as an asterisk of something they accomplished. Uh, they got this evil person, um, you know, impeached, not removed from office, but impeached and sent to the Senate. The Senate will not remove Trump from office by all estimations. The Republicans are standing behind him, and any clear-thinking person in America today, if they really know the facts, could not favor impeachment over what he's been supposedly charged with, none of which are high crimes or misdemeanors. So anyway, here's where it is. They were wanting to get this over with so they could move on and say, well, we last year we got this done and they've signed off on Trump's signature deal with this uh, treaty between the United States, Mexico and Canada trade treaty, which was a central piece of of Trump's election campaign in 2016 why they did that now nobody seems to know and i i probably if i were nancy pelosi i probably wouldn't have done it right now but she did for whatever reason and that's a win for trump more than it is for her but i could see where they could say well we impeached the president this last year we got this marvelous trade thing done that we changed it from what trump originally wanted which the truth is that they changed a couple of very small issues in it which he didn't even object to So 
I, I could see they were trying, because they haven't done anything except try to impre- impeach the President of the United States. So I can see why they were trying to create a little list and say, you know, hello, Santa Claus, here's what we did, I mean, to the voters, because they really haven't done anything. I get that part of it. But they didn't want this thing to go on and on into the new year. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know Mitch McConnell, and I haven't spoken to him about what he said, but I'm pretty sure that he was sending them a message. All right, you guys, you want to play politics? You go right ahead and you vote to impeach the president, which will then move this to the Senate. And we're going to bring in all of you people who have been lying to the American public and lying to each other in these hearings. And we're going to cross-examine you in front of America, and it's going to go on for a while. Because it isn't hurting President Trump. Trump's numbers, his approval ratings are going up. They're considerably above today, or yesterday. I haven't looked at them today, but yesterday, considerably above where they were a few weeks ago. Anyway, other than that, not much happening to know. There's so much happening in America today. A student got sick and tired. He says he's being, he's experiencing uh, reverse racism. He's a white kid in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City University Law uh, Law School. So he goes out there on campus and he carries his sign. And the sign, I saw a picture of the sign. The sign says, it's okay to be white. Well, it is. I mean, I guess. I hadn't thought of it. But he's carrying this sign out there outside the building of Oklahoma City University of Law. He's been expelled. He's been interrogated by the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force because he was carrying this sign, it's okay to be white. I won't comment on that any further, but to our black listeners, I think you understand where I'm coming from. And what's this about? I don't know. I have no earthly idea. Sometimes we get weary of all this stuff. We're not the first to get weary. David got weary. He wrote, he brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Psalm 40. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Daniel, the book of Daniel has an interesting comment on this. Daniel chapter 10, verse 19. O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong. Yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Isaiah had his times as well of being weary of it all. Human nature hasn't changed over the years. These guys didn't ride in airplanes and do a lot of the things we do, but human nature itself hasn't changed much over the years. Isaiah wrote, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. If you're weary of a lot of this stuff, relax. God's in control. But we have got to be informed. Otherwise, we will be destroyed. That's biblical. Yesterday morning, Senator Lindsey Graham, he's chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. I mentioned this as it was happening. I was on the air here live. 
But he set the record straight. He told Mr. Horowitz, whose report is out there now, what he described in his report as irregularities, he said, is really a massive criminal conspiracy violating norm known to the rule of law. Graham said this is more about Donald Trump. He said it's about it's more than about Donald Trump. It's about our future as a nation. He said if you get most of your news, this is Graham speaking, from the typical sources, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, he said, then please read more and be informed. <laughs> Want some good news? I got some good news for you. I'm going to get to that in just a minute before we wrap it up today. I want to tell you what's going on in the background, behind the scenes at the White House. You will not have read this in ABC, NBC, CBS, or CNN, I don't think. I haven't seen it there. I'll come back to that in just a minute. If you believe some of the headlines about the Horowitz report, the FBI concluded a lawful investigation with a few irregularities. That was... What people took from that, even I took from that, and I read this stuff all the time. When I first looked at the report, I thought, man, he's kind of affirming what these guys were doing, and it's illegal. What they've been doing is wrong. But if you feel that way yet, you haven't read the report or looked into it seriously. And that's exactly what Lindsey Graham said yesterday to the in his opening remarks to the TV camera and thus to the world. Graham said what has been described as a few irregularities becomes a massive criminal conspiracy over time to defraud the FISA court, which is what is at the heart of this whole issue about Trump, to illegally surveil an American citizen and to keep an operation open against a sitting president of the United States, violating every norm known to the rule of law. He continued, and I'm not going to quote all of what he said, of course, but a couple of more lines that he said. He said, Trump's time will come and go. But I hope we understand that what happened here can never happen again because what happened here is not a few irregularities. What happened here is the system failed. He said, people at the highest level of our government took the law into their own hands. And when I say defraud the FISA court, I mean it. To your team, you were able to uncover, he said to Horowitz, able to uncover and discover abuse of power I never believed would actually exist in 2019. Graham told Horowitz, he said, if you look at these abuses of power as a few irregularities, and if this mess becomes a few irregularities in America, then God help us all. He noted that the deputy FBI director, Andrew McCabe, had handpicked these guys, and he went through it in great detail. He said, is, he asked Horowitz, he said, is this the best of the best? He said, if this, is, is this the best we have? In the FBI, and he went on to say before Horowitz answered that, Graham went on to say, he said, I hope the answer is no. He said, please let the answer be no. I don't want to believe that this is the best we have in our FBI. And it certainly it isn't. It isn't. And Horowitz said, no, it isn't. But there is corruption. I will tell you, and this is bringing it all to the surface. There is corruption in our most powerful legal institutions in America. Today, the FBI, the CIA, there is a deep state. There was a time when I thought maybe people were overstating that a little bit. That I mean, I knew there was that existed because there's career people in powerful positions. They're not appointed or elected. They just are hired and they continue present every you know after and through every president that's elected. And oftentimes they do um, influence policy 
rather than the the person that's elected to the presidency and and his appoint or her appointees they they take it into their own hands and because of their they're embedded in the institutions that are most important to this country they tend to make the decisions i was aware of that but i didn't know how pervasive i didn't know how deep it ran i knew what people were saying some people were saying about it but i tell you this has been an enlightenment to me over the last few years as i've watched this play out against donald trump donald trump maxine waters i saw her standing pompously behind i think it was it must have been jerry nadler or, or pelosi the other day and some of the pictures that are coming flooding the press she was standing there like i told you so maxine waters is that black lady from california before trump was inaugurated after the election just moments after hillary had lost the election the inevitable next president hillary moments after that maxine waters United States representative was calling in Los Angeles was calling for his impeachment. Why? Because we don't like him. <laughs> He's dishonest. And that's been the story, the history of his presidency. Media backed him. They whitewashed the whole thing. As I look at this, I look at this whole thing from a perspective it occurred to me yesterday, I'm a simple man. I just sort of boil it down. Grew up on an orchard in central Washington, Yakima Valley. We've been a lot of places, but you never forget where you came from. And I think our lives are shaped by the people we grew up around. The people I grew up around were not elite. Many of them were self-educated. Not They hadn't been to Harvard. <laughs> Still haven't been to Harvard or wherever. But it seems to me that the FBI spied, Obama lied, and they're trying to impeach Trump? I don't know. There's 17 insignificant, insignificant errors and omissions in this FBI secret warrant application for these FISA permits. They bleat now about how the inspector general found no evidence of political bias in their espionage campaign against Trump, against the Trump campaign. Charles Hurt wrote an article yesterday. He's a great writer, journalist. He said, yeah, well, he said, I'm sure John Wilkes Booth was not motivated by political bias either. Tongue-in-cheek, of course. Let me take a moment before we say goodbye to tell you. Last week, worship leaders from across the country were invited to the White House to be briefed on what the Trump administration is doing on behalf of Christians and religious freedom. CBN and a couple of other Christian organizations released a news release on this, but for the most part, the press ignored it. Vice President Mike Pence dropped in on these worship leaders. There was a whole bunch of them in a room, invited by the president. They were briefed, and then they started to sing and to worship the Lord. i got to tell you, this morning before I came on the air, uh, 15, 20 minutes before I came on the air this morning, I looked at those videos again. I, of course, have seen them. I wrote an article about some of the things I'm talking about today. It's at faithandfreedom.us. And I would encourage you to go on there and read what I wrote today because it's part of what I've been talking about. There's more than what I've said today, but the videos are embedded in what I wrote. They're there. You have to just, all you have to do is click on them. 
and get a feeling for what has happened. As I sat this morning before I went on the air and watched this, I found myself weeping with joy, alone, just sitting here in the studio all by myself. We don't hear about this, but I would encourage you to do so. There's Mike Pence in the middle of them, worshiping God. Hey, thanks for being here. I'll see you tomorrow.